Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care, and with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, stay tuned, listeners. There are many legal and political fights brewing between Congress and the executive branch all at the same time. For starters, the Democrats on the House Ways and Means Committee have asked the IRS for six years of President Trump's tax returns. Meanwhile, Democratic lawmakers on the House Judiciary Committee are demanding that the DOJ release the full Mueller report unredacted and all the underlying evidence. A decision from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals issued last week could impact how much of the Mueller report can be made public as it pertains to grand jury materials. Anne Milgram and I try to make sense of all this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're making a portion of the newest episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, become a member at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. Shouldn't the tax returns of the President of the United States, as any other citizen, remain secret? Well, can we start by saying that I haven't finished my taxes yet, and so all conversations about taxes make me a little bit just because <laughs> well, they're we're coming up on time. What, I know. It, today is the 8th, so it's next yeah. week. Yeah, I got to get moving. Do you, anyway, pay, do you pay your full taxes? I do pay my full taxes. Have you always done that? Yes. Have you disclosed for purposes of the podcast the last number of years <laughs> of your, your taxes? I've, I've not been asked to disclose my, ta- well, my taxes. Asking, transparency is important. <laughs> You're a public figure. I would say my, my taxes are pretty boring, but they're not done yet. Um, so, okay. So you ask a good question, which is, shouldn't Americans be entitled to privacy on, on their taxes? And the short answer is that Americans are entitled to an incredible amount of privacy on their tax returns. But there's a longstanding tradition, which I personally support and think should be the law, which is that the president of the United States and the vice president turn over their tax returns. Since Nixon. Since Nixon. Nixon, in the middle of a scandal, obviously, about, you know, whether or not he was credible, he turns over his tax returns, which, by the way, raised some issues because he hadn't paid a lot of taxes on some things. And it looked like he was taking advantage um, of some of the tax laws. And obviously, Nixon had other issues. But even Nixon turns them over and says... The American public should get to see these. Um, and, and so I think there's a few points, which is one, t- President Trump should turn over his tax returns. This is a silly conversation in many ways because the public, in my view, has a right to understand the president's conflicts of interest and whether any exist. Right. And so, 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 whether, so, so there's that norm, which I believe in, I think is important. And I think we'll get to the issue of whether or not that should become a law, right. given how... Donald Trump has transgressed that norm. Like so many other norms, he's blown right through it. And it turns out 
you can do that. Yeah. But then the question here is, given that he's blown off the norm and now the Democrats are in charge of the House, you have Representative Neal, who's the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. He is now relying upon a particular law, which we should point out in a moment, to say that he can demand under that statute, sort of obscure, I think from 1924, he can demand under that statute the tax returns of any individual in the country, including the president of the United States. And the statute is, because we you know, sometimes know that our listeners want to know the particulars and not just the gloss, it's Title 26, U.S. Code 6103F, which is entitled Disclosure to Committees of Congress. And that statute says, you know, fairly clearly, then we can talk about whether there are exceptions or not and what the president's response was. But it says, it's very clear on its face, and you don't need to be a lawyer to understand the plain meaning of certain statutes. And it says, upon written request from the chairman of the Committee on Ways and Means of the House of Representatives, and that's Chairman Neal, yep. the secretary shall furnish such committee with any return or return information specified in such request, except that any return or return information which can be associated with or otherwise identified directly or indirectly a particular taxpayer shall be furnished to such committee only when sitting in closed executive session unless such taxpayer otherwise consents in writing to such disclosure. So there's a provision for maintaining the confidentiality of the return. But the statute is very blanket and says, shall furnish. Right. The Congress wants it. The Congress gets it. And and the purpose behind the statute is generally that Congress wants to understand how tax changes or tax laws impact certain people or groups of people. And so they they have the ability to pull individual tax returns and say, how does this affect you know, these 20,000 people or this individual. Here, one of the things, and and we should focus in a little bit on Chairman Neal's argument. He really, he pins the whole thing on the conversation that Trump has had since he was running for office, which is that he's under audit. And this is a fascinating thing. So the president has said, since he was asked during presidential debates, will you turn over your tax returns? And he said, I'd love to during the debates, but I'm under audit, so I can't. Well, first of all, you can turn over tax returns when you're under audit. It doesn't, doesn't stop you from turning them over. In fact, in fact, there was a president, maybe we remember him, Richard Nixon, yep. who was under audit. And my understanding is released his tax returns. Right. And so that's the first point. The second point is that Trump has now said consistently for six years that he's under audit, which seems really unlikely to me. We can talk about that in a minute for the reasons and, you know, we can go through some of the reasons why, but audits tend to last a couple years. They tend to focus on a few issues. They could even be, you know, a large number of issues, but they don't tend to be, you know, I, there, maybe there are examples that people know of, but I have not seen in my, um, in my private practice, I haven't seen examples of the IRS doing 10 year audits of people. Um, and so, and remember that the statute of limitations for most crimes is five years. And so, you know, in IRS, there's incentives for the IRS to basically move forward with audits. And a lot of times it's not criminal. It's meant to just correct tax problems. Yeah. But, you know, these are important things that the IRS does. So that's that's what Neil, Congressman Neal says. He says... Right, but, but before he says that, just, be, just before we get to the audit point, which I think is really important, and I want us to spend a little bit of time on it, the statute we read is very clear and says, shall furnish. Right. And no reason is necessary per the statute. However, like anything else, you know, statutes are limited by the Constitution. And so if a member of Congress asked for some information that would incriminate the person, that would violate the Fifth Amendment. So the mere fact that Congress has some authority to ask for something 
doesn't settle the question. So I think for that reason, Chairman Neal decided to provide, even though the statute doesn't ask for it, decided to provide some basis for why Congress needs the information. And he says, it is necessary for the committee to determine the scope of any such examination, meaning meaning IRS examination, as you said, and whether it includes a review of underlying business activities required to be reported on the individual income tax return. And then he also says, the committee, and this is, I I thought, kind of interesting, and frankly, a little bit thin. He says, the committee is considering legislative proposals and conducting oversight related to our federal tax laws, including but not limited to the extent to which the IRS audits and enforces the federal tax laws against the president. So he's resting this request for fairly extraordinary information the president normally in the past has provided, but in this case says he's not providing and saying, well, we need that because we're looking at laws relating to how the IRS audits and enforces the tax laws against the president. And then the president's the, lawyers the, point out. Right. And yeah. the impression that he's giving is that we want to help the president, right? Maybe this guy is being unfairly audited right, right. year after year for six years and the IRS shouldn't be doing that. And so in our congressional oversight role, we're going to look at whether the IRS is unfairly targeting the president of the United States. Yeah. Now, so it's unclear to me that you have to actually provide a basis. And so to my mind, there's the legal question and then there's the political optics question. And as I read that, and not everyone will agree with me, it sounds like a fairly you know weak basis and a narrow basis. And, you know, some might argue, I'm not saying this, but some might argue it sounds like a bit of a pretext because there's this, you know, political issue swirling around the president and people want the tax returns to show things other than how the IRS is auditing a president, but maybe to provide information, which I think are legitimate things to look at, whether the president has entanglements, whether he has lied about various business interests, whether there are violations of the emoluments clause of the Constitution, whether or not, given the president making potentially false statements about tax returns and given the need for transparency— that there might be some committee of Congress, maybe not this one, that has an interest in legislating the requirement that tax returns be provided in the future. In other words, there are like a half a dozen, if not more, legislative and oversight bases to ask for the tax returns, which are not listed in the letter. I I agree with that. And I I agree very strongly. I think that Congress has a right to see the tax returns. And and so do the American people based on the conflict of interest question, which is not a small question. The president has, you know, stated that he has a massive business all over the world. He's got billions of dollars in assets. Um, And so, you know, these are really fair questions. One thing I would say, your statement that it's pretextual, you know, my thought when I read this... I'm not saying it's... Just to be clear, before I I get mail, uh, I'm not saying it's pretextual, but there's an argument. Well, I'm going to get more trouble then, because (laughs) what I thought when I was reading this was this is the equivalent of like the broken taillight. When the the police officer makes a stop... There's a broken taillight. It's a completely lawful stop. Even if the officer right. then sees cocaine or a gun in the front seat of the car, the right. fact that that's it's a great. pretextual I, stop great. doesn't... But it's lawful. It's lawful. And so, you know, it feels kind of weird because you're using something to like get to the point where you can see what's there, but it is lawful. The one thing I would also agree with you, though, is that I do think the law on its face allows Congress to get this. What they were probably trying to figure out is... It does, like, why are we targeting him? How do we explain, if, if, we, if we litigate this, which we clearly will, and we can talk about that in a minute, but the administration is clearly going to push back on this, 
where what's our best argument and in some ways i almost would have preferred if they'd put a paragraph in saying we have a there we have a lot of interest in this we yeah. have an interest in understanding the conflict of the president we have an interest in understanding the audit we have, like instead of making it all about the audit if they basically said look there's 20 reasons why we want this and it's part of our legitimate oversight function and under the law we get it yeah there's going to be this so this, i'm going to get the mail this, <laughs> send it to ann milgram <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. In the full episode, Anne and I speak at great length about Mueller's report, Trump's tax returns, and more. To listen, become a member by going to cafe.com slash insider and get access to all insider content. That's cafe.com slash insider. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.